Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome to Special Teams, a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome inside Special Teams, the podcast with me, Jason Smith, and Mike Harmon as we take a look back every week at big years in sports and big teams, the special teams, and what they were able to accomplish or not accomplish. We're taking you all (laughs) the way back to December 12th, 1982, where the Patriots played host to the Miami Dolphins in a game that would affectionately be known, at least to Patriots fans, to everybody else that's, hey, the first time the Patriots started cheating, uh, that would be known as the snowplow game the snowplow game uh number one song on december 12th 1982 dexie's man eater oh she's a man eater oh oh, here she comes that's just frightening uh but (laughs) plow the field and kick a field goal Oh, oh here he comes yeah we'll get into the specifics of that one as we roll but yeah uh this game going back and watching video clips uh, and, and highly entertaining. I mean, if you look at the box score, it's an absolute abomination. Uh, but going back to 1982, you mentioned it. It's it's one that if as you do any sort of research on the history of the New England Patriots, goes in there as the first asterisk game. And then the tuck rule comes in at number two. Yeah. And slowly but surely, I think over the course of the Spy franchise's gates, history, deflate people are going to start adding other ones. Sure. Hey, remember this from 1975? <laughs> How about this one from 19... 19- oh, I'm sorry. It was Super Bowl twenty when they got house. <laughs> and the world righted its for a day, I guess, uh, for everybody that's derisive and hateful towards the Patriots run. The Patriots-Dolphins, a game known as a snowplow game because in the fourth quarter, a snowplow that was... Uh, piloted by Mark <laughs> Henderson, who was on work release from prison, came to clear out a spot for John Smith to kick a field goal that gave the Patriots the 3 nothing win over the Dolphins. But this game was about so much more than that play, and there's so much to go along with it that I can't wait to get to over this podcast because games that, look, football in the snow, football in the rain, football anywhere affected by the elements always becomes memorable, and this is is one of those games why we're starting here now this is the year the nfl was disrupted by the player strike so yeah. here we are in the middle of december the patriots come into this game at two and three the dolphins are four and one and this is the, the dolphins when they wind up going to the super bowl this year uh, part of what we'll do a later special teams on uh but <laughs> the reason this became the snowplow game and it was such a big deal is because leading up to the game it had been rainy all week So you got rain all week in New England, and then it gets incredibly cold, and that coats the field like a sheet of ice. All right, so you have rain for a bunch of days. Then it gets so cold, it coats the field like ice. Temperatures get to the low 20s, 30-mile-an-hour winds. And then, of course, you know, to add insult to injury for this, a heavy snow falls during the game. 
So you have what turns out to be this 3-0 game where players had so much trouble uh, staying up, throwing the football, moving downfield. It wasn't just the snow. It was the fact that you had snow on top of what was like a sheet of ice. So players have a tough time. If you even had a place where the, the field was cleared of snow, players couldn't really stand. You know, it was where we can run forward at a decent clip a little bit, but to try to cut and go to the side and cut back, you couldn't do it because of the ice and, and that layer under the snow. So you had ice and snow, which is something people forget. They say, oh, it was a snow game. There's a lot of snow on the field. No, because of the ice on the field, that made it even more difficult for a team to try to move the ball up and down the field. Yeah, you watch the the highlights and go back through. Everybody's trying to find their footing as they get into their formations. Like, here, let me get my cleats in a little bit so I at least have, I'm not sliding as I take my first step. Uh, just amazing. Each run, tack on an extra five yards where you're carrying a couple of defenders. But, yeah, it was a north-south game, uh, little little work to the outside. And if you did, if you were able to navigate that, a decided advantage, right? Because you got a guy trying to find an angle to tackle you and you're bouncing off him because he's he's got no footing by which to really stick you. So it's either push you out of bounds or wait for you to fall of your own volition. (laughs) (laughs) The players you need to know from this game, New England's quarterback at this point was Steve Grogan. They had Mosey Tatupu and Mark Van Egan at running back. John Smith, the kicker, who we have a lot on him, had just come back after missing all of the season because of a knee injury. So this was kind of a meandering Patriots team that... uh, was still a little bit of time away from the 85 team that wound up going to the Super Bowl and getting dumped on by the Bears. But this was, a, okay, Grogan was nearing the end and the paid didn't have a lot of playmakers. And here's Van Egan over from the Raiders, all the, the big heyday he had in the 70s with the Raiders uh, trying to get things done. Meanwhile, the Dolphins, they were built on what most great teams were built on in the 70s and 80s in the NFL, a phenomenal defense and a great running game. I mean, this was the defense of the killer bees. Doug Betters, Kim Bocamper, Bob Baumhauer, who was an all-pro that year, Bob Brzezinski, Glennon Lyle Blackwood, you know, these are all, and of course, A.J. Dewey. Thankfully, I don't have to talk about A.J. Dewey until another <laughs> podcast, but this was how great their team was. This defense was fantastic, and their running attack is one of the top running attacks in the NFL. You know, it was Andre Franklin who, who really got things done and was able to get up and down the field. He had a big year for them. Tony Nathan, Tommy Vigorito out of the backfield, they all found a way to make plays. So this was a team that relied on a, it's it's defense, B, it's running game, and only at the very end on his quarterback because this is pre-Dan Marino, and this is David Woodley who had a tough time making plays, uh, you know, and, and eventually wound up getting replaced by Marino, and this is this is one of those games. He had a tough time making plays. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the best way I can say it. Best way I Nine can say. games started this year. 98 for 179. Yeah. Yeah. 1,080 yards, five touchdowns, eight interceptions. Yeah. He did add 207 yards and two touchdowns on the ground, but 98 completions in nine games. Yeah. Again, when you've got a dual headed backfield uh, and a strong defense, I guess that's where you, where you leave it. But Man, not exactly a prolific offense in any way, shape, or form. Uh, And, well, I guess when you add this game into the stats, when you do the averaging, uh, it's really going to pull things down in a hurry. Remember that, kids? 
basic math. You need a bigger sample size. Otherwise, you have these wild swings. Yeah. Yeah, and I say that, but look, David Woodley had, had, had a lot of difficulty later on in life, and he passed away at an yes, early he age. Early. Uh, he, yeah. had, he had problems uh, due to drinking, so it, it was, you know, his was, you know, had kind of a, uh, had obviously had a tragic end to it, but, you know, sticking from just the football aspect of it, because we're talking about this game, and he was the quarterback here, and he's the quarterback of another game we're going to get to talk about, that he won. Uh, you know, the, the, he had trouble making plays but we're not doing every again, game the jets ever played. No, uh, we, we would be a lot of losses it'd be a lot of losses i mean people might uh i'm, I'm not doing therapy sessions with you an hour at a time <laughs> okay special teams <laughs> thanks buddy i appreciate that. i mean i love you and all but you know so here was the game getting into the snowplow game wait till we tell you how everything unfolded and things even if you know the game you might not be aware of this many years later we continue on and kick things off in the snow and the ice the snowplow game next on special teams Before it was the snowplow game, it was just a game in the snow that was going to use snowplows. Before the Dolphins and Patriots kicked off, the coaches decided, this is Don Shula and Ron Meyer, pregame, they would allow the snowplows to clear the yard lines so teams could see where the football is and judge situations. Also make it easier on TV for fans to see, okay, this is where the ball is, this is where the ball is. So every 10 yards would be plowed on occasion. You would see during commercial breaks or coming back from commercial, here comes a snow plow on a yard line, the 30-yard line, the 40-yard line midfield. They would come out and try to push the snow to the side so at least they can see and you could judge down in distance. So this was agreed upon before the game by the coaches. Yes, we're going to allow the snow plows on the field to clear it because in the end, if you want to argue that the snowplow shouldn't have been on the field, well, you did kind of agree that you could have the snowplows on before the game. So you were going to have this. But as far as the game goes, up until the very end, it didn't matter. Players couldn't cut with any power. Uh, some players said we weren't really running. We were just kind of walking fast. <laughs> like you're picturing people in the mall, like like really old people going, getting my jazzercise in, getting well, my walking in. We're walking fast. We're not really running. We're just walking fast on the field. This, this is quotes from the players after the game saying, we're just walking fast here at this point. But yeah, I mean, go back to it. Your, your childhood, you're a New York kid. I'm, a, I'm a, a Chicago boy. I mean, there were plenty of days walking to and from school that the, you, you know you were stepping with your walk like Babe Ruth used to run around bases very baby steps man little ones where there's not a whole lot of thrust a lot of power because uh, you're fearful of that next step or so it would seem uh, perhaps me more so than the babe as he rounded uh, after each one of his round trippers but you know I remember icy icy streets and having to navigate I remember wiping out a couple I've got a nice divot on my uh, right leg where you could see where the, uh, well, the gouging <laughs> occurred when I hit a post after losing my footing. So yeah, I can, I can empathize with these guys as they dealt with this day. Cause you know, again, it wasn't just snow. There was a lot more to what was going on as ah, just snow on the field. Really? No. Mm. So this game goes kind of as you expect. Teams are kind of slogging a little bit. You could see if you watch this game, players could go straight ahead. It was when you had to cut. You had no power and the cutting was 
was kind of in slow motion. So the snow is coming and nobody can do anything. It looks like we may finally get points before halftime. The Patriots drive down to the Dolphins one yard line, but John Smith comes out for his first field goal of the day and the field goal gets blocked. It was doomed from the start because there was no way this was getting, he couldn't get it up off the ground and you could tell that planting for kickers wasn't yeah. really going to happen. Well, he's trying to figure out exactly his his approach. Right. How am I, mean, I going to do this? You can see it trying to measure it before yeah. the snap of, what? all right, what do I do? I'm not going to be able to really get full thrust. And, and you're thinking, all right, well, this could be the only points to get. No, all right, now, you, now you're thinking a field goal is never going to happen. Now, the only way is somehow if a team gets in the end zone. In fact, in the third quarter, Uwe Von Schaman, who was the kicker for the Dolphins, he had a 45-yard field goal blocked, so it goes 0-0 into the fourth quarter. Now, I don't know how you even think think if you're the Dolphins, we're going to kick a 45-yard field goal. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the winning happen? mentality. Uh, you go for it on fourth down. You're not going to kick a 45-yard field goal in this. You see the snow on the field. You can't do it. That's Don Shula's will to win coming <laughs> forward. I mean, that excellence was the standard or something like that. Uh, that and really, you, you've moved a little ball, the, the ball a little bit on the ground over the course of the day. But I mean, there, there's no passing. There's there's no semblance of anything. You're taking any shot to score points because let's face it, you're not expecting them to break off a big run at this point either, right? <laughs> oh no, so, no, no, right. No. So you're just saying, all right, if we can steal one. If we can get one on the board, let's take our shot. Field position doesn't matter here. So finally in the fourth quarter, New England puts together a drive strictly on the ground, right? Van Egan and Tatupu carry the load, but they get forced into a fourth and 10 from the 16-yard line. The game is ending. Ron Meyer, the head coach, yells to a guy on the snowplow, Mark Henderson, who we know in later years. Yeah, yeah, the guy was on work release. I'm running the snowplow at Foxborough. They yell to him. He yells to him to get onto the field. And you see Steve Grogan, who kind of yells, hey, go on the field and clear a spot for us to put the ball down to kick a field goal because we can't put it down in the snow and, and, and try to kick it. So... Mark Henderson takes the snowplow on the field and you can see him going down the yard line and no one's saying anything because, well, we see this, right? The guy's going to clear yep. the yard line. This ball's going to be put down a few yards back of that. He gets to the middle of the field, though, and he just swerves out <laughs> to right around where they're going to put the ball down and he swerves back in and goes off the field. Man, if Shula was mic'd up. His reaction. <laughs> and, and and you know what? Look, later on, you're not going to believe what some people actually had to say about him swerving on the field. It's going gonna, it's gonna to pass understanding. But he goes out and he clears this spot where they would put the ball down for the field goal. And Shula is incensed. Wait, wait, wait. wait. You can't just do that and clear a spot for the field goal. But that's what happens. Well, so, he was trying to avoid the huddle, which was along the yard mark. Right, right. It's like, I I'm mean, almost, clearly. He's almost hitting guys. Like, he'd almost hit a guy if he doesn't yeah, swerve no. out. So maybe that was his reason why I had to swerve out and, you know, I didn't want to hit anybody. So he, he, he gets the spot there, and Matt Cavanaugh is the holder who would also be the holder in another very big weather game coming up down the line in special teams. Let me just kind of give you a little bit of foreshadowing there. Matt Cavanaugh comes back in a big way in a different game as well. So Matt Cavanaugh is the holder. John Smith is the kicker. It's from 33 yards out. And watching this kick, you can tell John Smith didn't go to the ball with his normal steps. Like he knew I'm going to step and it's going to be really cold. I need to step on this part of the field because I got to be able to plant and 
there's no snow, but he knows if I go in and swing my foot and kick it as hard as I can, I'm going to slip and fall. So it's a really weird approach to the ball where he kind of oversteps a little bit just to knowing that if I overstep, I can keep my balance a little bit more and he kicks it from 33 yards out. The fans go crazy. Finally, there's points in the game, and they lead the game three to nothing. All because Mark Henderson came out, and he did that little swerve, and he put a spot on the field. John Smith kicks the field goal, and the Patriots are up three nothing. At this point, it's not uh, it's not one of those historical NFL games yet, but slowly it's taking on a life of its own because the the Dolphins are just insane that this happened. And they got even more insane on the sideline after the play happened because part of it is, oh, you can't do this, but he's not going to make the field goal. Anyway, oh, man, dude just made the field goal. Uh, hey, come it's on, It's an man. insurmountable lead at how, this juncture of the game. How did you let that happen? How did you let a guy swerve on the field and clear a place for us to put the football down for him to kick it? But that's what happened, and now the Patriots lead this game 3 to nothing. Also, the oddity of uh, John Smith kicking with his left foot. Because you don't see an awful lot of that running around the National Football League either. So, you know, you got a little bit of a, a tail to it as well. So he just needed to drive it as straight and hard as he could. There's not a lot of loft on it. It was a no, line drive no, uh, no. that gets through, but it gets everybody excited. You've got some great pictures of him wearing a, a jaunty little hat and his Gore-Tex coat <laughs> on his John Deere tractor. <laughs> now, a lot of these things, you know if you're familiar with the snowplow game. So this is where in the pod, this is the point in the podcast where I go, okay, now here's some stuff you probably didn't know, right? You've seen the, you've seen the highlight, you've seen the play, the snowplow play, you know, Mark Henderson, yes, he was on work release. He would say after the game, I knew I was going to be in trouble. What are they going to do, put me in jail? I've already been there. Boom. But here's where things, maybe things you don't know about this game, game the Dolphins nearly win this game they are so mad on the sideline Patriots players said after the game we could tell how pissed they were because <laughs> this probably shouldn't have happened well yeah and they start going down the field they're throwing the football down the field not something that they could do the entire game that no team could do in fact Steve Grogan's stats for this game the Patriots quarterback he was two out of five for 13 yards for Big the day. game two out of five for 13 yards and a pick that was Steve Grogan's numbers on the day. That's all they threw the football five times. They ran, they ran the football like 90 times, but they threw the football five times. But Van now, Egan, 22 for 100. Yeah. Tatupu, 13 for 81. Yep. Collins, 7 for 18. Oh, yeah. That's all they did. That, that's all. That was their day. 43 rushing attempts on the day, and they threw the ball thir- and threw the ball five times. But David Woodley, in comparison, threw for 76 yards in this game. It looked like a 300-yard game especially at the end because that's how they start going down the field. Now, there was enough time left, but the Dolphins were so mad, they're throwing the football. Duriel Harris catches a pass for 17 yards. All right, a couple more plays later, Tony Nathan runs for a first down on fourth and one. Another pass to Duriel Harris gets the ball down to the 20-yard line. And you're thinking... The Dolphins are going to do what nobody could do today. They're going to throw the football down the field, get in the end zone and win. But in one-on-one coverage, Woodley throws two inside and the ball is picked off by Don Blackman. The Patriots have it. They nearly kill the clock, 
But because the Dolphins still had all of their timeouts, they actually get the ball back for one final Hail Mary uh, that gets picked off at the goal line. The game is over, and the Dolphins lose the game 3 nothing, and it becomes the snowplow game. But the Dolphins almost did it. They, you know, they, they almost threw the ball down the field, and you can see this pass that, that David Woodley throws is just a little bit too close. There was no separation uh, from the receiver to the DB, and, 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 and you get the pick by Don Blackman, and that clinches the game. But, boy, for a second, the Dolphins almost had it. Great play. He goes outside shoulder. You got a shot, right? <laughs> Instead, throws it to inside uh, and, and a good play in uh, that sweet red jersey. Mm. Just well, got to throw that out. You, you can see them a lot more in the snow because no, of the red right. jerseys. <laughs> There's no question about that. So after the game, Ron Meyer admits waving the snowplow on. That's <laughs> okay. What are, they, what are they gonna do? Fire me? Don Shula says that should never have happened. Now at the time, Shula had the image of, and this would be blown to hell weeks later. Shula had the image of, hey, we're not gonna cheat and do anything to the field or anything else that we should be doing. We're not gonna do that, right? He went and talked to the referees after the game, and the referees basically said to him, We can't control the removal of snow on the field. We we can't. Well, they logged that. a protest. Yeah. I mean, come on. What are you gonna do? Make him put it back? On. No, you got to put the snow back on right in that spot that you cleared up because they agreed we we're going to have the snowplow guy go on the field. It's not yeah. like the snowplow guy went on the field and he wasn't supposed to. And the referee said, well, this has been what you agreed to. So we 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 can't just say, all right, well, what are we going to do? You know, because Don Shula wanted to look it was it was something called the uh, uh, there was a rule the NFL had. And that's what he wanted to to point to and say the unfair act clause is going to allow them to overturn the game and the NFL, you know, he met with the NFL after he said, Hey, unfair act clause. This shouldn't happen. We got to overturn this win, at least make it a tie or something else. And the NFL said, Unfair act clause, huh? Pete Rosell, who was the commissioner, had never reversed a game's result before. And even though he agreed with Don Shula that, hey, this probably shouldn't have happened, he's not going to suddenly make the game a tie or give the game to the Dolphins. So even though the Dolphins went all the way to the commissioner with this, they were going to say, you know what? Sorry, we, we can't do it. We feel bad for you, you know, which, which term would turn out to be a big theme for the NFL. Whenever the NFL would screw something up with a, with a call by the officials, they would always be great at apologizing. Oh, yeah. Hey, I'm really sorry this happened. We, I mean, there's nothing I can do about it. But I just want you to know we're really sorry about this. No, they always have been really good about giving you a good uh, good long three or four paragraph apology, uh, talking about it in un- unusual circumstances and everything else. But, yeah, saying uh, beat it. Our unfair competitive advantage. And, look, letter versus spirit of the law, right? We agreed in principle that you can bring the snowplow out. Mm-hmm. We didn't exactly navigate the, hey, can he swerve off of the line? So the game was over, but the controversy was just beginning. Wait till we tell you, A, who wound up getting game balls for this game. B, what some Patriots players actually say in defending the use of the snowplow. And C, where that snowplow is right now. That's coming up next right here on Special Teams.
to talk about the aftermath of the snowplow game, we're actually going to go back to the play and something really big that happened. That you're going to scratch your head and go, yeah, the Patriots really said that. So right after the game is over, the you know they award game balls to people. And, you know, hey, you had a big game. You had a big game. The Henderson. Patriots, the Patriots give their game ball to linebacker Steve Nelson and to Mark Henderson, who yeah. cleared the spot for John Smith to kick the field goal. <laughs> So hey, let's get let's get the guy with the snowplow in here. John Smith is like, don't I get a game ball? I was, I, I put the only points on the board. No. I kicked a field goal. I, I don't get a game ball. No, no, we're gonna give it to the guy that cleared off. Okay, fair enough. So Mark Henderson gets a game ball. The guy, the guy that drove the snowplow over, he gets a game ball. Well, I tell you what, perhaps the best video of this whole whole game, other than the swerve to make the initial run, because you could see the light bulb go on for many of the players on the Patriots <laughs> that were on the field, um, is the post game. Right. Here's the oh, the agony of defeat, whatever else. And then you've got a crowd around Henderson like he just won the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Right? That's the where are you going? I'm going to Disney World. Uh, instead, he's just grinning like an idiot because he's got 100 reporters and boom mics and everything they could possibly throw at him. Uh, he is the man of the hour. Without a doubt. So he gets the game ball and the Patriots win this game. And. In subsequent years, as this game has become really famous, as we told you, Don Shula tried to have the result of the game overturned. It didn't happen. Some Patriots players actually claimed that the snowplow potentially hurt them, as Matt Cavanaugh, who was the holder, had to frantically scrape snow away from the spot to put the football down. Like, hey, he put the snow here, but the, there was snow on the spot. Okay. Hang on for one second. What Matt Cavanaugh had to do was <laughs> there was a big spot where they're going to put the football down. And there were like little, what would you call like entrails of snow? Sure. Like, time, like when you shovel a walk and, and sometimes the end of the shovel where it is and, and where you pick it up, there's a tiny bit of snow, like a little line. That line maybe, that stays behind. Yeah, sure. that stays behind. So all Matt Cavanaugh had to do was brush it away with his hand. I mean, that's what he did. I'm brushing snow. It was like he frantically had to do this and it really hurt us. Really, the snowplow hurt you? So all he had to do was brush the snow away and find a spot because there was a tiny bit of snow where he was going to put the football down. So he had to brush some of that snow away, but then he had a clear spot to put the football down. Uh, the spillover, I guess you would say. It wasn't dense. It was just I'm brushing away with my hand. He put the ball down, and John Smith kicked the field goal. That's it. I mean, but it's good excuse making. I'm saying, yeah. look, it actually increased yeah. the degree of difficulty. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that that's good. Put your head together uh, and everybody going, all right, what's my line? That's your line. Okay, good. <laughs> to actually made it harder. We didn't get a competitive advantage. Shula can blankety, blankety, blank. How about that? Wow. Look at you already. Matt, you're mad, you know, 40 years later. Wow. Well, I'm just, you know, <laughs> trying to put myself in the mind of Kavanaugh. And the victorious New England Patriots. Now, John Hanna, a Patriots guard, one of the, one of the greatest Legends. offensive linemen uh, that, that we've seen. In his book, he alleges that Shula was also offered the use of the snowplow, but he declined. Now, you go down a rabbit hole, you know, seeing this and what people <laughs> say about it on the Internet. And you go, oh, but he was told it had engine problems and they couldn't get it back out on the field. I mean, there's a whole bunch of crazy stuff here. Hey, I'd like that snowplow for Von Schaumann. Oh, no, we got engine problems, man. Can't get it on the field. 
So the, the, that story about the snowplow and what Shula would or wouldn't have used, this is what John Hanna talked about in his book. And I, I read a lot about Hanna talking about this game was really entertaining. Um, I, I, I don't know for a fact that would, would that really have done it? Would, would you really have been able to get the snowplow back on? I, I guess you would have to, right, if the coach really wanted to. That's right. Hey, you did it here. You got to put it on here for us. I'd assume you would anyway. No, you would have to. There's ab- absolutely. It's got to go both ways. I mean, if that was the agreement before the game, otherwise it's going to be like a Green Bay Packers situation. I need 10 volunteers, 10 bucks an hour. I'll bring you hot chocolate and, and, <laughs> and more marshmallows and let's go. So after this, this was the Dolphins' final loss until the Super Bowl. The Patriots would qualify as the seventh seed. Remember, this is the strike year, so this is where teams were seeded one through eight in each conference, and they actually get the Dolphins in the playoffs. The Dolphins get a measure of revenge by beating the Patriots in the playoffs 28-13. to 13. This game not played in the snow where they had the snowplow guy, so they actually got revenge. Mr. Plow. Uh, that Mr. Plow is a loser, and I think he is a boost. <laughs> whoa, uh, whoa, whoa. No, that was a lie. That was in the Simpsons. I know. Oh, and you add the when he, she sings in Spanish. So you better uh, call on the Plow King. <laughs> that's right, the Plow King and Mister Plow. I mean, come on, it's all all good. There was a year in fantasy where uh, one of uh, whereas in the in the nineties where the guy running the league was a big Simpsons fan and he named his team Mister Plow. So we were like, yeah, we'll do that, and we named our team Plow King. And of oh, course, nice. we played each other in the playoffs. Oh, you had he was Mister Plow. We were Plow King. Yeah, I mean that wrote itself. Yeah, we. Lost Lost, though. So no, Mr. Sorry. Mr. Plow was greater than the Plow King. So it happened that way. Uh, so the Patriots, as I said, they get in the playoffs, but they lose to the to the Dolphins. The Dolphins go on to lose to the Redskins in the Super Bowl. This is the famous John Riggins in the fourth and one run uh, as the Redskins win the Super Bowl. David Woodley in the Super Bowl. All right. Now you saw the stats here. This looks like, you know, a 500 yard game compared to the Super Bowl. In the Super Bowl, he was four out of 14 throwing the football. A quarterback in the Super Bowl started, played almost the entire game. Don Strzok came in and threw a couple of passes, which is kind of what would happen for the Dolphins in this season. Uh, Willie would play, but sometimes Don Strzok would relieve him. You had a quarterback play the entire game in the Super Bowl and complete four passes. One pass was early in the game, a 75-yard touchdown to Jimmy Cephalo. The only other play they had was a kickoff return for a touchdown. That was it. That was the Dolphins offense in the Super Bowl. The Redskins dominate the second half of the game and they wind up winning 27-17. The next year, the Dolphins knew we need more offense and somehow Dan Marino falls to them all the way through in the draft and, and the Dolphins hey, blame become... the Jets. Yeah, the Dolphins become a, hey, we're going to go from being a great defense running the football to now it's going to throw the football up and down the field. I mean, they, they, all over the place. This is all yeah. part of Don Shula being the great head coach. He was to give him a lot of credit for, hey, he won games of very certain way and then in one year said okay now we're going to do it a different way and 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 did it for the next 15 17 years but this was look david woodley you're talking about some games he had in which the dolphins just couldn't get any offense going so they make that move to dan marino and it becomes something different still marino couldn't win the super bowl but they knew they had to go from boy we're having problem problem putting points on the board we can't continue to rely on our defense and our running game we got to get a quarterback out there and here they are with the next to last pick in the first round and somehow they get a quarterback who goes down as one of the top five quarterbacks of all time. In fact, that draft, the last two picks of the first round the following year, you had the Dolphins and the Redskins picking next to last and last. Those two picks were Dan Marino and Daryl Green. 
two Hall of Fame players two go legends. at the end of the first round the following year. How about that? Mm. It's way it's crazy the way it all works. I mean, when you t- started it by talking about just how crazy a season it was, right? With the strike, as it were, you had the big battle uh, with between the Raiders and the league, the trial and antitrust law that, in terms of moving the team from Oakland to L.A. So you had that fight that started things. Uh, the new time slots that we've enjoyed all these years came together the 1 p.m. and 4 p.m. Eastern time, except at that point, if you were in Baltimore, you couldn't start earlier than two o'clock because of a mm-hmm. Baltimore ordinance. How about that? Mm. That That's, that's insanity. Uh, but it is, and it was a nice, easy excuse for Ursay to, uh, you know, when they left. <laughs> so uh, blame that, uh, blame the crazy, crazy laws. But yeah, I mean, we, we always think about labor strife, and it always seems to get resolved these days, right? But we always uh, seem to find the 11th hour situation and, and solution. Uh, not so back in 1982. Uh, so for Mark Henderson, he enjoyed a lot of fame after this. He went on to continue to uh, to do work release at, at, at Schaefer Stadium, which is now Foxborough Stadium. He said, we do painting, we clean up the bathroom after games, all of these things. And, you know, he you know, talked a lot about this, did interviews talking about the snowplow. Uh, I should get him to sign some trading cards, make some custom ones with him sitting on that John Deere. Uh, however, and that's the thing, the NFL banned snowplows in the offseason, realizing, all right, we've kind of opened the door to something we probably shouldn't have. So uh, they banned snowplows <laughs> in the offseason, saying, all right, we, we can't have this happen again. We banned snowplows. And that was basically the end of this story. Except we like to do a where are they now, right? All the yeah. time in here. We like to do where are they now, talk about where players are. Well, I want to kick the normally you do where are they now. I want to kick things off. Where are they now? Where is the snowplow? The snowplow from this game, the John Deere snowplow, hangs in the Patriots Hall of Fame from a ceiling. <laughs> you can go to the Patriots Hall of Fame and see. There it is. They used to have it out, where, but they didn't want people sitting on it. So now they hang it from the ceiling. There's a snowplow that, that cleared the field for John Smith's field goal. It is in the Patriots Hall of Fame. I tell you what, that little area around Gillette Stadium is fantastic. Little shopping center, a couple of places to get a nice bite to eat. Next time I'll have to go look for Model 314, the uh, John Deere tractor. <laughs> mm. All right, so what about some of the other players from this game, Mike Harmon? Where are they now? Well, Steve Nelson, who got one of those game balls, uh, along with uh, your man, Mr. Henderson, uh, business development executive for Lighthouse Computer Services Technology Group in Lincoln, Rhode Island. You've got Morris Bradshaw, director of alumni relations for your Las Vegas Raiders. Tony Collins uh, had, a, had a good career, including uh, some time in the Arena League, went through some personal struggles, some drug abuse, actually had a, a year suspension from the league, uh, ultimately had a suicide attempt, some some really rough stuff. I read an excerpt from his book uh, that, that's since come out um, uh, on his comeback. Uh, and he also runs a foundation in the Finger Lakes in New York called It's For the Kids. And, and he does a lot with collegiate scouting, talking about the pitfalls and, and different things you can take advantage of. So some good psychology and some real life experience uh, being brought in there as well. So uh, good to see he's, he's doing some good as well. Jimmy Cephalo, a broadcasting career with NBC for a long while. 
still the play-by-play and the voice of Dolphins Radio. Uh, he and his wife do a bunch with food, wine, and travel. The uh, Cephalo family wine has been going for like 150 years about. Wow. So they do a okay. ton of that. Look, and, that, and that's a growing thing, right? Our guy, uh, colleague at Fox that did Sunday shows with him a while, uh, Will Blackman, Super Bowl champion, got into wine. Charles Woodson, into wine. Drew Bledsoe, into wine. Uh, it's it's become a, a big thing among NFL players uh, in their post-career, and, and I think that's a, a growth industry, especially, you know, as people look for you know, brand recognition is a huge thing, as we know. Uh, and then we got Bob Baumhauer. He's the owner and CEO of Aloha Hospitality in Alabama. Fine dining and the Victory Grill. You got to love that. Oh, I thought you were going to say Aloha Hospitality in Oahu, Hawaii. No, 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 nope, no. It's, in, it's, Mobile, it's Alabama. in Mobile, Alabama. All right, then. We're bringing a little bit of the Hawaiian Islands to you here in Alabama. Yeah, why not? So there it was, the snowplow game to be followed next week by a game that maybe had a little bit of mud in it, followed by a game or two that maybe had some snowballs in it. Yeah, we're running through the 1980s with some of the biggest bad weather games in NFL history. And I hope you enjoyed the snowplow game and learned some things here uh, doing it. It was fun for us to go back and watch some of these highlights again, these games. I remember watching the game uh, at home. I can't believe you're playing this game in the snow. if you have an idea for a future special teams, hit us up on Twitter at How About a Fresca. Mike is at Swollen Dome. Our radio show is heard every night on Fox Sports Radio, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. on the East Coast, 7 to 11 on the West Coast. We'll talk to you next week. Get ready to get dirty on special teams. Before you go, rate and review the show, whether you're listening on iHeartRadio, iHeartRadio apps, Apple, whatever it is. Give us a rate. Tell us you like it. We will love you forever and ever and ever. Special Teams is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.